Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends and very distinguished listeners to Navigate with ID. It's such a great opportunity to be able to share with you in this beautiful month of May. And happy new month. May is a very special month. And to all my fellow May citizens, I wish you a very happy month. And to the rest of you who are not members of the May tribe, I wish you a happy month too. Well. As you all know, it's been a very interesting drive as we've been looking at the subject of competitive advantage. In the last episode, we did delve into product differentiation, and it was quite interesting how we took it using the different lines of businesses as um, small, medium enterprises. I used the example of a small manufacturing plant putting out pure water for you and I to consume where necessary. We also talked about those that engage in buying and selling. And I went further to talk about the different sectors and how product differentiation comes about in different sectors, different categories, different players, and all you may call as OEMs, original equipment manufacturers. We use the cell phones. We use aviation, that is the planes. We talked about the construct of each and every one and ultimately beverages. So product differentiation, I hope you were able to see that part and that element in it. Just building on it very steadfastly. This is your business school on radio. And friends, like I did say, we are at the verge of um, putting together an Ask ID series which is basically to complement this program. We will, in a short while, share with you um, a poll which we would like for you to choose the day and time that will suit you the most, maybe at the weekend, when we can have an open play, where you can also ask all your questions, all the comments that come through from this program and questions, considering all factors put together, whether for career or business, and life generally, and we can then delve into every factor and deal with whatever challenges, issues um, that would arise therefrom, and ultimately trust God for some direction uh, in the course of work. So friends, make a date with that, and all you need to do is follow me on my social media platforms. The handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. If you are already following, um, look out for it. It's going to happen, and this this will be a great opportunity for us to have uh, a good tete-a-tete live once a week. So today we are going to stretch the line further, and the big question that is coming through is, how do I identify my competitive advantage as a business and my value proposition? So I have had series of um, messages and also questions. People calling in, and also having to set up times with me to share and discuss what and where they are seemingly having challenges with their business. 
So I elected to now insert this particular aspect, which coming from the product differentiation example, coming from the other cost leadership uh, discussions and the advantage differentiation dimension, I thought it proper to now look at how you can identify your competitive advantage and value proposition. It's very key for you in business to do that. So if you are an SME right now, it's important that you listen to the fact that if you want to stay ahead, there's something that has to bring you, you know, in that form and shape, which you call a competitive advantage, regardless of the nature of the business you are in. But more importantly, you would have to show the unique value that your business actually offers. If you don't show that unique value, then how then can you talk about having a competitive advantage? The first thing you need to do is to understand your customers and your competitors. And that way, that understanding will help you develop your value proposition. So whether you are in the pure water business, whether you are buying and selling, whether you are into manufacturing, whatever item, goods, um, or even providing a service, this is very critical. Understanding your customers is key and your competitors, it will help you develop your value proposition. Now, another thing I'd like people to understand that um, a competitive advantage is not chemistry. Competitive advantage is really sitting within the ambit of marketing. It is actually a combination of marketing elements that will set your business apart. You know, being a business school, we cannot afford to walk away from the rudiments of what um, business dynamics will entail. So going to the principles of marketing and the very classical, fundamental um, session in marketing, you will hear people talk about the four Ps. I know some will tell you there are five Ps. Some will tell you there are seven Ps. I'm waiting for the day when it moves to nine Ps. Whatever form you want to couch it, I am so going to sit in one space, which is within the four Ps. What are the four Ps? Your price, your place, your promotion, and then the product. Now, each of these have tremendous roles to play in driving your competitive advantage. Yesterday, I had a session with some gentlemen who want to foray into a line of business, into manufacturing. And they hit me up um, through my email address and they wanted some time where they could discuss opportunities for me to consult for them. Now, it was very interesting because when we got into the conversations um, that rightly, you know, went deep, we almost spent 90 minutes on it. And then I said to them, well, this is very unusual. I would not do 90 minutes of a free talk like that because I'm a consultant. But why am I putting all of this in front? Very many people do not understand that the competitive advantage is a byproduct of marketing elements. The way you combine the marketing elements is what will set your business apart. Could be your product, could be your price, could be where you are and how you're going to distribute and sell could also be how you are going to promote the said product or service. But at the end of it all, 
it's about the unique benefit that your consumers, that is, if your end user is a consumer or customers, get what they want. And when they do, you know, interacting with you through your product or service. So, for example, I have an Abru, um, she runs a small uh, food business. Well, not really small, but, you know, she's doing, she just started last year and she's doing some very good small jobs and has extended that into food food. And, and um, I know she was at the last um, event that was held over the weekend. You know the event, if you know, if you are a foodie, you will know the event that happened um, through the weekend. And whilst looking at the entire package, one of the things I said to her was, why don't you drive a free home delivery service? She said, ah, that will be costly because of X, Y, Z. I said, listen, that can be a competitive advantage when you see something and say free home delivery. Why? It means you need to now start looking at your cost leadership model or strategy or your cost focus. What does that mean? You want to see how you can deliver your particular product at a certain cost, which is still competitive, but your edge is that people are not going to get a delivery charge. It's going to give you something. Now, imagine combining that with a guarantee of a personalized service. What is that personalized service? The first time you call us and we deliver to you, my name is ID Anang, and then the next time I order from you, you already have a way and manner you can print on top of my um, food pack and say compliments, Mr. IDN. It becomes personalized. Imagine dropping my meal for me, free home delivery, and at the end of the day, the package is actually you know personalized. And someone walks in, not your regular uh, uh, motorcycle uh, braha guy that will just come call you from the gate or wherever and say, I guess something for you. No. Very polished guy, very polished, trained. You're paying all of them well. In the immediate, it looks like you're wasting money. Trust me. You are building a mosaic edifice of a competitive advantage. So that is a unique benefit that customers can get when they do business with you. So when I talk about the combination of marketing elements, this is what I'm talking about. And many people do not understand that it is um, a necessity. So we, these are the things we're going to start having conversations about. When you ask questions, I can go deeper. So the Ask ID series we are about to kick off with will be an opportunity for you to come on and let us reason together. However, don't think that will be the place where I'll spend all my life and time with you. No. It's just to give you a pointed direction so that you can see, am I on track or am I off track? That's what it's meant to do. So we can serve as many people out there because jointly we must succeed. Jointly we must make it happen. Now, how else can you find that competitive advantage that you're looking for? A competitive advantage will also help you to make the most of what you consider to be your strengths. And it could also help you prioritize what you call your improvements or your strategies. No, I know that anyone providing a service must highlight certain things. We know that you must be able to highlight the benefits to the customer. 
But then there's something about your business that stands out, which is the strength that you bring to the table. Now, I just talked about my Aburo runs uh, a food service. Now, imagine for a second that rather than rely on third-party uh, delivery services, you now invest in one, two, three uh, motorbikes and then say to yourself, you're going to put those guys on your employment. Yes, you are going to train them. And yes, they'll do what? Within a certain radius, you're going to provide a free home delivery service. Now, if, for example, the catchment area is Magodo, then you know that Magodo, um, Ogudu, and part of um, Isheri, you can do a free home delivery service. So take Ikeja, but the cluster has to be tight. Ikeja Jiare, that's a cluster. You take Lucky One, that's a cluster. You take Ikoi, that is a cluster. And you activate a free home delivery service. You realize that there will be many households you open doors because they want that free home delivery. Now, if you want to make people go gaga, you now give a money-back guarantee. Now, what is this money-back guarantee? That if after five times that, as a customer, you've made a purchase with us, there's a record that shows that you bought our products for five consecutive times. Maybe you will now have a challenge in future. Maybe the tenth one, we will guarantee a return of the money you invested in buying that particular product. We will give you a money-back guarantee because we know that you are a loyal customer and this is our own way of saying sorry and we appreciate you. This is your money-back guarantee. Anytime after five purchases, you are entitled to a money-back guarantee. Now, don't think that people are not going to try to take advantage of it. They would. But when in the scheme of things, if you hype this well, you're going to have maybe, what, 1%? Maximum 10%. So you have 100 solid customers that are continually supporting you and only 10 are dubious. They will fall off the crack. And you would have noted, this particular person comes first time, I didn't like this, I didn't like this product, I didn't like that, I want my money back, I'm activating the money back guarantee. I call it the MBG. So we have an MBG money back guarantee. You pull it. Now you flag that person in your system. The next time that person orders, whoever is the order taker is will note. It's almost like immigration coming into the country with your passport. When they flag you, they know that this person is a security risk. From that moment, they can take you aside for interviews. So whoever is taking that order knows that this gentleman, lady, boy, girl, is someone has been flagged. So there's extra care to ensure that that person doesn't come back with stories. Now, if after that happens and the person comes for an MBG a second time, you can strategically pull out such a customer. You know how? By telling the customer, whenever he calls, this does not, well, sorry, we do not have that in stock. The person will go. Now, I would gladly lose such a customer because you can see that he or she is becoming a piranha. It's drawing blood and wants to take advantage of your business strengths. Now, another strong competitive advantage can be in your clear, simple, and very unique way that your team work and how they will adapt to changing time. So when all of these have come together, 
it's important that you then say to yourself, this is how I can find my competitive advantage. But like I said, it's a combination of marketing elements. Because this is a business school, we are going to delve into a rather expansive topic and a subtopic, I mean. So, for example, some people are sitting back now and they are in business. Like the gentleman that spoke to me over the weekend, one of the questions I asked them was, you want to go into this category. So what do you know about the market and what do you know about the competition? And um, while discussing, one of them said, well, we've done some market survey and um, family and friends, they think they like this, they do that. We've also reviewed, um, this is where the we think that uh, most people are. And I laughed. I said, you want to step into a particular terrain and you don't have an understanding of the market and the competition. You are dead on arrival. This is not desk research, friends. You have to totally go with a deep dive. So if you're listening to me, even if you have an existing business, it's important that you continually review the market and competition in order to uncover gaps in the market. And how do you do this? Simply by working with data. Now, without data, how else can you make this analysis work? Create your own data points because you need to analyze and understand your customers and your competitors. So you are an existing business owner, manufacturer, service provider, whatever. What do you know about your customer? How have you profiled your customers? Do you profile your customer by revenue or by volume? There are several ways to skin a cat. There are several ways, I beg your pardon, there are several ways, you know, to go about this. Now, you can choose to take revenue or inflow. You can choose to take um, the products by way of volume. You can choose to look at it from a share standpoint. I don't know depending on you. But let's take a very simple um, case. Now, transactionally, you can take a value-based uh, item and say, I want to, the turnover that this person does concerning my business, I want to categorize them. So I have uh, a 5 million and under, I have 10 million and under, and I have 15 million and under. So these are three different categories. So if I fall within the 3 million bracket, I'll be in the 5 million uh, group. Now, that is a way to categorize uh, and then see. So over time, you're going to find that in terms of weighting, how many of your 5 million turnover, what's their proportion and contribution to the overall uh, picture, contribution to the overall sales or turnover? Now, if you find that you have say 50% of your total turnover is coming from the 5 million and under, that is telling you something, that you are actually dealing with people that will be mass, but at the end of the day, when troubleshoots, you may not be able to survive so much. And then if they are just 50%, if, for instance, there's a price increase and they cannot absorb that price increase by way of, getting their customers to buy from them, then what happens? You will feel the impact immediately. But if you have 50% of your 
middle level, say the 10 million and under, 10, between 5 and 10 million, form about 50%. It's a good cushion. Then maybe the 5 million could be 30%, and the top 15 million turnover 20%. That's a good way for you to start analyzing. But you can then analyze by, by territory, by state, by also SKU. SKU means stock keeping unit. So if you are the type of person that sells different grams, each of those grams are stock keeping units, 5, 10, 20, whatever the case may be. You can analyze your customers by SKU and then begin to see where the traction is. That is how you review the market. So from a customer standpoint, you know which of your products are selling or have traction and which ones are laggards. Now, every good company and any good salesman must continually sell the range. If you have a range of products, you cannot drop one and say, I don't need it. But you will find a way to ensure that that particular one that is a slow-moving one, you put it in the midst of the fast-moving ones, it can be your currency to pull it out or to push it out. That is because you've done some analysis. How do you then look at the competition and review your competition as it were, having reviewed the market? There are several ways you can look at that. So first of all, let us start from the point of view of asking, why do customers buy from you? Why do your customers also buy from your competitors? And why do potential customers choose not to buy at all? That is some categorization that begins to show you that within the market in which you are serving, some people will buy from you, some buy from your competitors, and some don't buy from either of you. Why? The big question is why. So as you're stepping into defining a competitor profile or analysis of your competition, it is always important that you start from profiling. Again, like I did say to you, even on reviewing the market, you need to profile the market across different dimensions depending on what you want to pull out from this. So that's when I talked about territory. I talked about SKU. I talked about stock keeping units as SKU. I talked about um, your uh, customers. I did, I did also talk about revenue. I did talk about um, share, et cetera, et cetera. Now, from a customer profile standpoint, what you need to do is step back and say to yourself, are there gaps in this market? Remember, there are potential customers who don't buy at all. How do you know who these potential customers are? Let me give you an example. If you are a person in a retail business, so retail here, you retail practically anything, food, clothing, shoes, apparel, food items in whatever dimension. What I'm about to tell you may sound very basic and archaic, depending on where you sit, but it's something that can give you an insight into 
how you can notify yourself about the gaps or see the gaps in the market. So you are in a particular space and you are a retailer. So if, for example, you are a grocery store or you sell accessories, whatever kind of accessories, whether mobile phone accessories, computer accessories, take yourself into any category, but you are a retailer. How do you know where there are gaps in the market? Every day when you open your store, the first thing you can do is to have a blank sheet of paper and tell your sales manager, sales girl, sales boy, all you need for them to make record of every single ask by a potential customer. So a customer comes in and says, do you have X product? You don't have it. Now, X goes down as the product for the 2nd of May. We have X. Someone has come in to ask for X. Down the road, some other person comes in again and says, by the way, do you have X product? You put a one stroke beside X again. Maybe another person comes to ask for another product. That product becomes the Y product. You go on and on like that on a day like today and a month of May. By the time you're going through the first week, you then realize that you have A, B, C, D, E products that customers have walked in to ask for, which you don't stock. And the next thing you need to do is to also find out whether some of your competitors actually have them. And when you now find out that there are A, B, C, D, say E products that customers have come to ask for, and only E is available in that market, that tells you something that A, B, C, D are potential products that people want and there is no supply. So something must be wrong. That shows you a gap. But before you jump and start buying and stocking, you need to go another week, second week. So you have put this tabulation down for your store um, salesman and then he or she then starts May 3rd, May 4th. The week finishes. Then you run into week commencing May 8th. Then Monday 8th, they start again. And by the time you review the second week, you now realize that out of the five products people were asking for on the 1st of May, by the 15th of May, the market only had E. So it means A, B, C, D are not available. That is a huge gap. But then you'll do one thing you now begin to do what I call an investigative drive to understand the whys. When we come back on the second half, we'll look at these gaps and how we can easily stand out from the competition and make the best of it. Don't go away, friends. We'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends. It's Navigate with ID, and this is your business school on radio. Friends, we've been looking at um, a very interesting uh, dimension of uh, competitive advantage, and it basically sits around how we identify our competitive advantage and value proposition, or rather, how you will identify your competitive advantage and value proposition. I took this in the form of saying that it starts with you understanding that competitive advantage 
is a combination of marketing elements that will set your business apart. And it is what you do that will bring a unique benefit to your customers when they do business with you. It can come in the form of promotions. It can come in the form of personalized service. It could also come in the form of you activating and leveraging your existing strengths as a business and also prioritizing uh, what you need to give to your customer by way of improvements. So all of these things play out, but there's one thing that stands out in all. The first part of the game is that you must review the market and competition. If you don't review the market and competition, how else would you want to know what your competitive edge will be? And so we went from getting to show ourselves the things we need to do to uncover the gaps in the market. And part of that was the need to analyze and understand our customers and our competitors. What it will do is that it will show you why you are making the right sales, the tried transactions, which I can tell you will be the drivers for your business. And the reasons why you are not making a sale or why transactions are not happening which become the barriers against your business. So at the end, it means you need to do some structural analysis, and that will involve pushing the boundaries, getting to understand your consumer and customer, getting to understand why they buy from you, why they want your product, why they buy from your competitor, or why they choose not to buy from either of you. But having done that side, which is really sitting around uh, the market, there's the part on competition. So m bringing this alive, you need to have a competitive profile of your competitors. And what really comes into that play is something you can ultimately create a chart form. But I started by letting people understand that putting a competitor profile helps. What it will help show you is where there are gaps in the market, and how you can stand out from the competition. In the first half, just at the tail end, I did talk about a little practical way you can identify some gaps in the market. And I said, if, for instance, you were a retailer, part of the note you will keep in the store for your salesmen or sales representatives or whoever is in your store is a chart that allows them note by day, what customers, working customers, we call them, the products they're asking for and they do not have. That when they come in to ask for product A, today is the 2nd of May, tomorrow another person comes and does ask for product A. So there's a record of how many people have come in to make inquiries about product A. Ditto, product B, product C, product D, product E. In the course of two weeks, you can now sit back and say, what a minute, how come we have people asking for these five products and we don't have them in stock? So you can also do a market analysis by sending your own staff around or you can employ people to go ask your neighbors or competitors if they do have them. If you do that and you realize that they equally do not have all five, maybe they have two, then it means that three out of the five are required and could be a possible gap that you need to fill 
or fulfill that need. That's a way that you can actually profile gaps. And when you bring in those products and people know you have them, then automatically it will stand you out from your competitors and will grant you some fruitfall to your store. If you now want to get into an academic space, and this is now for the bigger businesses, let me give you a profile chart, what your customer profile chart should look at or look like. If you have a notepad, you can just draw three columns. The first column, you can put the, the key factors okay, that you want to consider or items. Then you can put the competitor A, competitor B, competitor C. So you have one, two, three, maybe four columns. Now, if you want to sit back and begin to map and say to yourself, let me think about products and services. That may be a key factor. So what does this person offer? And then the range or the distribution of their products. Now you will have a key that says available, not available, does not exist. So when you go to competitor A, you say available, that's A. When you go to competitor B, it could be not available, and competitor C could be available. So with regards to this product, two of your competitors have the same products and services. Now, when you talk about pricing, you need to understand whether the pricing model is really high, premium, or mainstream. Then for competitor A, it could be premium. That is, their pricing is high, and to some other person, is medium. So all of these will come into it. Then customer service, you put a rating there. Customer service, you talk about standards. You can talk about um, whether they have an online exchange, whether they can exchange products, or whether they can do X, Y, Z. All of those things are elements you can put into your chart, and you sit down and begin to populate it. When you finish populating it, you then realize that, wait a minute, I am not in a good stead. Most of my competitors are offering far better services than I am, or they are offering things that I do not even have. So in reviewing what I call your market or competition, having a proper understanding of your customers and competition is very key. The second thing that you need to also understand is the benefits that come. So when you now focus on the benefits that each of your customers or the competition, rather what the customers want or what the competition offers, then it then tells you where you sit. And that in itself could be the edge or the leverage towards giving you a competitive advantage. So the big question is, how does your competitive advantage benefit your customers? So, for example, do your products make their life simpler or more exciting? Or do, do getting your products give them stress? Are your services any better? You know, if we take away monopoly of government and a lot of things that happen in certain uh, services that we get, we'll probably have a better life in this country. Because the way we serve, customer service in Nigeria is so poor. It is an automatic competitive advantage for anybody who can crack that challenge. It is. It's a sitting duck. The problem is that you need to have the right people with the right brains 
in the right spaces because they are going to help enhance the buying experience and ultimately the outcome. Now, I must also say that there are different benefits that appeal to different customers. Let me give you an example. A few years ago, maybe last year or two years ago, after COVID, you know, insurance companies were now selling packages right, left, center, and all of that. A particular insurance agent of an insurance firm, one of the top three, approached me and uh, said to me, first of all, this gentleman wanted me to convert from my, I'm a, I'm a pensioner. I receive my pension every month. It's part of what um, I used to keep body and soul together. You're wondering, ah, how come? Yes, I am a pensioner. Now, my pension comes every month. Now, this salesman, the insurance salesman says to me, move from this monthly payment to annuity. So annuity is a different program. So either you take the what they call the monthly one, I don't know what the, the technical term in, in insurance, which is what we do, till you fizzle out your, your money, you are given a certain amount monthly. And after a few years, three to four, it's reviewed upwards. And then you continue until such a time that it doesn't exist. And if the person gets deceased, then the next of kin gets it. But with annuity, they give you a premium over what you're getting monthly till that individual does not exist again, passes on. So this gentleman kept focusing on me having to take annuity. I said, I don't want. I then said to him, okay, what other package do you have? Now, he forgot something. He was looking at me as your typical pensioner, but he didn't do a proper profile check to understand what my needs may be. Number one, I have a 10-year-old daughter now, and she wasn't 10 then. She was about eight or maybe nine. Now, what would be uppermost in my mind? Is it annuity or education policy for my daughter? So a lot of these insurance people or businesses don't teach their salesmen profiling. And that profiling will ultimately tell you that different benefits appeal to different customers. Many of you are running businesses and you have no idea. See where I started from? Reviewing your market and competition and coming underneath to talk about customer and talking about the competition. Now, you are sitting there, you carry everybody into the same basket, but we all don't belong to the same basket. Pretty much a couple of years back, the same insurance uh, group, somebody walking into my office and telling me, oh, sir, we have a policy that um, you can insure all your all your property, everything under one umbrella. I said, fantastic. I said, okay, show me what the numbers are. When they came in and showed me the numbers, I said, oh, this looks, this looks interesting. I want to bundle everything. So my cell phone, my the cars, the uh, property, the this, the that, they put everything in and they said to me, okay, this is the figure you pay as premium. And I looked at it, I said, this looks like a fair deal. Now, some other person decides to unbundle that. And in unbundling it, they tell you, okay, if it is car, you pay 2%. And yeah, now it's comprehensive, it's 5% of the total value, some insured. Now, if you don't know, you would only pick one, two, three. You end up even paying more than if you were to what? Bundle. Now, that's the benefit 
because I'm a knowledgeable customer. Many customers today are knowledgeable, while some others are still on that precipice that they need somebody to, you know, school them and take them into where they want. Now, like I said, if you are in a food business, different customers will be attracted by different benefits. Some, depending on the area, man, you set up a business where they are providing sandwiches in Agege. Are you okay? It can be sandwiches, but the sandwich will be a very different sandwich in Agege. But give them better Agege bread laced with Akara in between. By the time the bread is this soft and you press it, it will collapse like a mattress. And then in between is the Akara. Call it a name and stand by the bus stop. People will rush it. The benefit is to the customer and they will appreciate it. If you go and try that in Ikoi, your Akara will get spoiled because nobody will touch it. Except, of course, the junior staff, domestic staff of the Megidas that are living there. Megida, the big man and the big madams that are there. So we're talking about differentiating customers simply by different benefits. And it's about understanding the market. Question, what do you know about your customer? You need to find out what trends are shaping the market and what benefits your customers want. Then you then look for practical ways to address each of those needs. Many people think it is by accident you walk into a shop right and then they just arrange the products anyhow. No, it's not. It's not tumbo tumbo baskelebe. There's not, there are no pool there. You don't palm three from four. It's data. Data coming from your shopping or shopper insights. So each and every one of you that go into shop in a particular type of store, somebody is taking a virtual notice of how you work. W-A-L-K. You walk in and you go right. That's why you find majority of people that go into a mega store tend to go right or go straight. Rarely do you find people go left. The numbers are few. It's just right brain, left brain. And this is all psychology at play. But it has come from people following a certain trend. So in that channel called the hypermarket, that hypermarket has a certain nature that the shoppers will go. So if you are going to catch the attention of a customer, you must position yourself and your gondola must be in a place that when the man still has money in his head, you are not putting yourself in a bad space. You know what they put at the end of every store like that? Tools. Why do you think tools are at the far end? Nobody needs tools. You must be, seriously, you must be either a plumber, a carpenter, or a mechanic that you are looking for tools, or a DIY man where you are looking for a screwdriver to come and, you know, keep in the house in case you have issues. Who cares about all those things? They put them, get into any of these hypermarkets, all those stores, supermarkets, I mean, top-grade ones, like ShopRite, they will keep those things at the far end because they know, they've studied VAR data. They understand what the customer wants. So what shapes your customer's buying power? If you don't have that insight, your business will suffer. You can't have a competitive advantage. So what you need to do is to sit back now and design 
a proper review by putting together a template that allows you put together the benefits you are offering, what makes your business unique, then you start asking yourself the question, how important are these benefits you are offering really to your customers? Sometimes a lot of you running businesses and services, what you think you're offering your customers, they are not finding it, it's not nothing because you're offering the wrong thing to the right person. So for example, I see people come to me and tell me, oh, uh, and then banks are guilty of this so much. Now they are learning. Some of them are, are waking up and smelling the coffee. In times past, when they are coming to ask for uh, deposits, so, sir, you give us deposits, we'll give you X, Y, Z, which is interest rate. Uh, you can uh, fix deposit is this, that, that. I said, what does that do for me? It doesn't do anything. Now, some other bank came with a policy that had to do an education policy that was also roped in into insurance and said, listen, if you place this amount with us, we will insure it. And the reason why we are insuring it is because we are going to push a certain percentage of that subject to your approval where we can begin to put that money away for your child's support or child's education or your child's allowance when he or she wants to go to the university. Now, surely, if somebody comes to you with that kind of proposal or proposition, you will think about it and say, wow, every time I make a deposit, the bank will take 10%. So if I put in 500,000, they'll take out 50,000 and put it into this little piggy bank for me. That piggy bank is insured. And that piggy bank is going towards my child's education. Now, isn't that a fantastic service? Isn't that something that a customer will look at and say, wow, the benefit has gone beyond what I thought about. But what do we do? We stick on what we are used to and it gets stale. The water becomes stale. And after water is stale, it becomes smelly. So what is the key lesson here, friends? Focus on and promote benefits that customers really value, number one. And you need to focus on and promote benefits that are in areas where your business will outperform your competitors. Many times we stray we go astray like the 99 and one sheep. One, just stray, straight. Many business people stray. You just get distracted and you get yourself off the tarmac. You're derailed. Imagine if a train just goes off the track. Imagine if a plane lands and you know goes off the tarmac into the grass. And be the same, friends. At the end of it all, there's one last thing that you require is to find a place for innovation. You know, innovation is a fantastic way. So I remember my good friend, Kola, wrote a book, Innovate or Die. That's the business now. Either your business innovates or it will die. Many years ago. What innovation does, it brings in a change mechanism. And it's one way to stand out from your competitors. It's a very good way, by the way, but you need to focus on providing solutions. If you are not focused on solving problems or providing solutions, even your own customers may not be aware of the problems they are having, 
But if you are able to solve those problems without them, even understanding it, you could actually find yourself harvesting a gold mine. So many things can be done when you innovate and change that will give you that competitive advantage. You can innovate via products. Remember I talked about product differentiation? Remember the examples I gave at the last um, session when I talked about the, the aeroplanes, I talked about the Airbus and how the Airbus has utilized innovation in a way um, by introducing different you know, pockets. So the 380-800 was one of the series I talked about. But then the airlines now have to go back home to stand out from the crowd. So you go join, you fly Emirates, you fly uh, British Airways or Air France or Cantas. Those three, Emirates, Air France, Cantas. Each of these have the A380, 800. But trust me, I can tell you that the Emirates, Emirates will stand out. Why? Because they have innovated their own Airbus 380-800 so much so that the others look like child's play. They're very ordinary. You can innovate by product, that differentiation. I did give examples using the mobile phones. I said, take it or leave it. When you look at the major players, the top two major players in the mobile telephony business, Samsung and Apple, so whether you're going to look at Samsung or the iPhone as a form or device, you'll find that these guys are continuously innovating. Now, what do the others do? They tend to copy, and they copy well, but there is nothing they can accelerate because these other ones are the kings of the jungle. And as kings, they are continuously changing the landscape. You can innovate vast services by just doing something different. Nigeria is so ripe, very ripe for good customer service in any sector, any business. If you are able to provide that service, boy, you will stand out. Another opportunity lies in customer experience. Oh, my. If you change your existing model and people now enjoy the experience of either using your bus service, your taxi service, it's in, if you're in the transportation business, or even where you are selling major items like Caterpillar, you wonder, Caterpillar, why do I need to give that measure of service or let there be a customer experience? It could just be the after-sales service, such that I buy a car and after X kilometers, somebody comes in into the house or calls me and says, sir, your car from our reading has done X, Y, Z or should have done X, Y, Z mileage. And we're asking if we can come pick up your car and then put it in for the routine service. Let's go by way of restaurants, highbrow areas. What do you find? Valet services, big time, five-star, seven-star hotels once you're, you're driving there, you come out, some other person takes the car and they just give you a tag and you walk in. Boys are paid to chauffeur that particular car of yours and you don't bother looking for parking and then you are sweating. You go to some hotels in Lagos, big hotels that they call themselves foster 
by the time you go round and round and round and round and round and you can't find a place to park, you tell you, then the security man will say, you got to go and park outside. Then tell me how the experience of coming to that hotel will be pleasurable next time somebody's having an event. You won't go there. Rather, you send your best wishes. But everything communicates, friends. One way you can stand out from your competitors by reason of innovation is by your business processes. Your business process can make life so easy. Why do I have to go through seven steps just to buy a product? Whereas you can collapse because of technology or leverage technology, collapse the seven steps and give me in two. Two steps, one, two, maximum three. Imagine if your competitors are going through seven steps to allow their customers buy their product or service and you are offering two steps, three maximum. What do you think will happen? People are going to come after you because you have the product, you have a superior service and you're giving them a fantastic experience. There's no way you can't stand out. So when we are talking about identifying your competition and also leveraging your competitive advantage through your value proposition, these are the things that will help your business friends. At the end of it all, there's something more important than everything. That's growth. In any facet, whatever business you are in, and having done all of this and you cannot see growth, then there's the problem. Once there is some stifling, then you need to really go back and identify the points where something different could be happening. So the issue is, do you understand the pain points? Do you understand the leading or lagging indicators? How are you measuring what you expect? Are you inspecting what you expect? What is measurement to you? And how do you apply metrics? Very many businesses do great things. Great products, great service, great experience, great business processes, but they fail on measurements. How do you know you're doing well? One way to look at that is to check, are you growing? If you're not, friends, it's time to take another review. Well, this is um, where we come to the end of this particular session of the business school. And um, hopefully, by the grace of God, come Thursday, we'll continue as we look at this beautiful experience about competitive advantage. Thank you so much, friends. God bless. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.